0: Welcome to Health Trust Clinical Services Candid Conversations. This is a conversation series where we highlight physicians, clinicians, and supply chain leaders who are innovating, caring for those in need, and working to improve human life. In this conversation, I talk to Matthew Webb, Chief Product Officer at Health Trust. This is a new position that I know you will find as interesting as I did. With innovation comes enlightenment and it can also bring complexity, but Health Trust is in great hands with our newest colleague, Matthew Webb, Chief Product Officer. Welcome, Matthew.
1: Crystal, thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: So I think a great place to start would be for Matthew, if you would please give us just a little um background information about your time with HCA. It doesn't sound like this is your first role with HCA by any by any chance. Um, and then also a little bit about this role.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I go back to uh, a number of years ago, almost 20, when I started as a contractor with HCA and the it was the implementations team at that point in time and it was a very a technical role. So we were doing technical coordination for for deployments within the hospitals. Um, Over my time, I was able to work up into information security as Paul Conley, uh, the the current Chief Information Security Officer for HCA, joined in, and I spent a number of years on the security engineering team, had an opportunity to leave and do some consulting within healthcare in Middle Tennessee, so I got a chance to work with many of the health trust members as well. Uh, I came back a few years ago to HCA, so I'm a a boomerang of sorts, uh, with a focus around information security and acquisitions. Uh, And at that time, we also considered our UK team an acquisition, so I had the opportunity to go over and help with some assessments there in 2017, uh, and ultimately uh, took an opportunity to move my family and myself to the United Kingdom uh, to focus on the CISO role for our international division. So we, the family and I, recently returned in in March of this year on the heels of COVID uh, and the pandemic. Uh, coming into Health Trust, so you're right. This is a a brand new role. There's not a lot of product security officers in the industry as a whole. So it's it is Health Trust opportunity to really focus on product supplier security. What are those teams building security into their products for our memberships to ensure that we we focus on the
0: the patient safety aspect. That's really interesting. So when you talk about product supplier security, I want to understand a little more because when I'm what I'm most familiar with is some of your previous roles the chief information security officer. So help me understand a little more about what is what's the difference between a chief information security officer and a chief product supplier security officer?
1: Yes ma'am. Crystal, it's a great question. The product security officer is, is more focused around the suppliers and the products um, that our, our suppliers are delivering to not just HCA, but our membership as well. Uh, Paul Connelly and his chief information security officer role has a lot of other aspects that he's dealing with. This is more focused on the relationships with our suppliers uh, and ensuring that they've got the right requirements from, from Health Trust, from our members, to be able to deploy those, those requirements successfully. In their products and services to not just meet our need, but the regulatory needs of healthcare as well.
0: That's awesome. So it sounds like Health Trust is a little ahead of the curve on this one, which seems extremely important, and I'm glad that we are. Um, Was there a catalyst or an event that led Health Trust to creating your role?
1: So yes, Health Trust is really a leader in this space. When we look across our competitive space, we don't see anyone else um, putting that type of this type of focus around security with a a dedicated role around product and supplier security. Uh, so you know, the catalyst we really are seeing a lot of attacks uh, against. These suppliers against their products uh, in a healthcare setting. So recently, um, you, you, your, the, you know, the listeners may have heard about a uh, a RICU or a ransomware attack focused on healthcare. Uh, this is really the reason why we have this role to help ensure that where there's requirements to patch and to update these systems, those suppliers know what the responsibilities are, they know what they need to do around this space, uh, and that they're actually, you know, committing to making these, these changes in a timely manner to protect those systems, to protect the, the, the healthcare organizations, to protect the patients. Um, also, we're seeing more development of security-specific roles within the suppliers uh, to understand their product sets and what What needs to to happen in that space? So, we do find counterparts within our suppliers that we can engage with directly to make sure that we are communicating those specific requirements that are needed, as well as to work with when we have these types of events. So, over the past couple of days, we've been engaging via emails, conference calls, WebExes with those counterparts to better understand what their actions are to support and protect their product space and how they're representing that back to uh, uh, to the healthcare as well, and to the healthcare organizations as well. Uh, and specifically, you know, we can capture that information and be able to share that back with our membership so that there is a, a consistent message that's shared between the suppliers, health trust, and our, our membership.
0: Wow. I mean, this can almost feel overwhelming when you think about um, some of the security risk, but I know that... One of the things that was very important is that we don't send messages of fear, but more of empowerment on how to deal with these types of ransomware um, events. So what can a frontline colleague do to prepare for or respond to ransomware?
1: You know, it comes through in so many different forms now, um, ransomware that is, Uh, this particular one, and and many of the recent ones have been through email. And it is really a challenge as a frontline worker uh, because being remote, we are so much more dependent upon the the email messages to to perform our day-to-day task. It, It really is around awareness and taking that time, uh, to, to look into the details of the message, to really uh, make sure that, uh, well, we've got a couple of, uh, of, of controls that uh, that are being applied across HCA and health trust, and that's look for the external tags. So if you see the external tag in the subject line, be extra vigilant that that message is coming from outside the organization. Uh, so ensure that uh, any links or any request within that message, you, you really take a, an extra look into. Um, be cautious with any links coming through so very often we're you know we're getting messages that come in that uh, direct us out to something on the web or something internal via via link be mindful of what that link is going to be um, if it looks suspicious, report it. Uh, and that's probably the the best thing that any of us can do is if we see something uh, that doesn't look quite right, just go ahead and and respond to to your local security teams. Um, it's best to have it looked at and checked out uh, before proceeding. I think uh, caution is the uh, is the best uh, best exercise in these types of events.
0: Thank you. And now just to transition a little bit more to operations and contracting. So from a GPO perspective, how do you see security impacting contracts for supplies and more specifically medical devices in the future?
1: So with contracting, uh, particularly medical devices, there's gonna be a heavier emphasis. We've already seen it and it will continue to grow. Emphasis around uh, security language, privacy language, Um, within the uh, the contract space, and really calling out who's responsible for what actions when it comes to protecting these devices. Um, Many times we still rely upon the suppliers to do a lot of management, uh, updates, uh, controls of these devices. Where the supplier is responsible for that, we need to make sure that we have the language uh, in the contract that explicitly spells out what our expectations are, and what's going to happen uh, if the the suppliers don't uh, don't adhere to that. Uh, Likewise, we're seeing a large push around privacy. So having spent time in the UK, I'm quite familiar with GDPR, which is the General Data Protection Regulation, uh, and it's a huge focus, uh, and not just in the UK, but the EU as well. And we're really starting to see that take hold in the U.S. recently with uh, California's Privacy Act coming out. So we're going to see more privacy-related language uh, in contracts, not just for medical devices, but just in in general as well for for all, all contracts.
0: And we just mentioned medical devices. Are there any other product categories that Health Trust and our members should be prioritizing? and
1: why so not just with medical devices but anytime that we're sharing patient information uh, with a provider especially outside the organization uh, possibly into a a cloud service those are areas that we want to make sure that we're we're focusing on specifically uh, with that additional contract language Uh, anytime that a supplier is able to uh, retain that data uh, perform actions against that data um transmit store process is usually the terms that you'll hear uh, in in the technical space. We really wanna make sure that they're taking the actions needed to protect that data. Uh, And that's where we'll use the contract language to ensure that uh, the the suppliers know their responsibilities and are adhering to that um, for not just just for health trust, not just for our members, but for our patients' sake as well.
0: So we've talked about what a frontline worker can do. We've talked about contracting and how the GPO can support um, improving security. So what about our members, our hospitals um, and our membership? What types of things can they do to ensure security?
1: So for our members, um, you know, each, each of them have a different need. Um, they have different control sets, specifically from a, a security perspective. Um, It's applying that as as a whole. So um, within Health Trust, um, prior to my joining, Mark Sammons uh, and the team here were able to create the the, the Health Trust Cybersecurity Committee. Uh, And really that's an opportunity for us to present information back out to the committee, um, specifically the the teams that manage uh, the security and data privacy. Uh, but it's also an opportunity to be able to share amongst themselves. You know, what are some best practices in that space? And I feel that's an opportunity for us going in the in the future that we can share uh, these best practices. What are control sets that that really provide ba- value for the organization uh, at the hospital level, but also help enable some of the the uh, suppliers uh, and their products to be more readily deployed in a controlled, secure space. Uh, it's really trying to build in that that consistency across the uh, uh, across healthcare. How can we uh, how can we help provide information, get information back from the hospital teams, collaborate more? Um, there's so much more opportunity to collaborate in this space. To to provide those best practices, that guidance level so that uh, you know, if if a particular member is is challenged with getting something deployed or or needs a, a particular medical device and they need that particular control space, giving that security resource at that member the opportunity to to have some, you know. Have a lot of visibility from these these other members to be able to support that need around a maybe it's a particular firewall or some of the phishing controls that uh, that are particularly needed, space especially with this most recent ransomware event, being able to give them that visibility to help provide that support uh, within their leadership would be would be an ideal opportunity for us to to help with.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. You know, hospitals are so used to um, that process you just talked about, best practices, standardization, you know, repeatable processes that create consistency for consistent outcomes. And it sounds like you want to take a very similar approach with this process to to create these best practices or toolkits and then share them um, with our membership. You know, if you were a major health system or hospital, what would you be doing right now to get ahead and... To ensure you are well prepared, you know what should hospitals be doing? Should they more so be looking to us for these toolkits or best practices, or should they also be um, putting these positions into place? How how should they be getting prepared?
1: So, in terms of uh, what healthcare, uh, what these hospital systems can do to to best support themselves, it, it's an ever changing environment. I mean, we're 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 becoming more dependent upon the, the suppliers, the products, uh, we're pushing a lot of the systems controls outside of the hospital into uh, into cloud services or other third parties. Um, understanding where all your assets are, right? What What is it that, uh, that you maintain uh, and need to provide security around? So uh, for those hospital systems, that's the, that's the first thing is understanding what systems are out there and where they operate. Um, in terms of next step, it's you've gotta have a baseline to, to understand what risk you have around these systems. Uh, there are plenty of uh, uh, standards that exist between NIST, um, CIS security, uh, we've got the ISO standards, really focusing in on what is it the standard that you need to provide or you need to be reviewing uh, to understand where your risk is in this space. Um, being able to measure against that standard and then understanding what what risk you have and having an approach to be able to deal with that, to address it. Um, what we're planning to do with this new, this product security role, Crystal, is really help kind of alleviate some of that from an assessments perspective. Um, so instead mm-hmm. of the hospitals having to perform these assessments, that's something that we feel that we can do within this space here is to provide better guidance around that risk. So coming up with that standard measurement, using our membership to help provide that feedback for us so that we've got a common baseline that we can assess these systems and services against and be able to provide a consistent message back to the membership on any risk around those products where they those products don't meet that baseline uh, just yet. We can also use this as an opportunity that when we have those products and services that don't meet that baseline, we can use our relationship with those suppliers to provide guidance and feedback on what they need to do to be able to enhance their security or at least come up to uh, to that base level uh, criteria. Um, beyond that, I believe just being able to provide that guidance uh, and then working with our membership on the deployment. So being able to provide a little bit more context on how these devices, how these services uh, can be deployed in the healthcare space um, with with particular mitigations or remediations on any gaps that we might find. So for instance, with medical devices, uh, we've implemented an opportunity to use the MDS-2. These are standards that the medical device uh, manufacturers have to provide based off of FDA regulations. We can use that detail to better assess these products uh, so that we can provide more feedback to the, the contracting side, folks that are negotiating where we see gaps or concerns, uh, we can also use that then back to the suppliers or where we believe that there's opportunity for them to increase the capabilities, the security capabilities of their products, as well as we can use that detail to help provide feedback to our members uh, at the time of purchase to better, to, to better put controls in place to, to deploy that, that solution properly.
0: So, you know, you talk a lot about suppliers, and it sounds like one that we're just at the beginning of, of at least um, product security. So it sounds like there's going to be a lot of lessons learned and development of these best practices over the next um, year and couple of years. Um, and actually going forward, especially with all the new technology, um, when you think about all the the new, um, not only medical devices, as we think about in a GPO but wearables that patients um, utilize and you think about um, patient privacy you know it, it's just a it's a it's a problem and like we talked about at the beginning a wonderful um, solution to be able to communicate with our patients um, easily but all of the new information being shared in many different ways you know, I, I guess as a nurse myself, I never thought about the implications of how all these these different tools and technology, how they support us, but also how they put our, um, our patients, our organizations at more risk and why this is so important. So it sounds like you mentioned several times partnering with suppliers, and you talk a lot about um, supplier partnerships. Can you describe what you mean um, by that and what a supplier partnership would look like um, as it refers to product safety?
1: So a recent example, Crystal, um, Mark Sammons and I were able to, um, to attend a security conference with one of our providers. Uh, so for this was their fourth year that they've they've conducted this. And what they do is they bring their developers, their design staff, their technical, uh, their technical team members together and they talk about security. The, the current threat landscape and what it is that they need to be building into the requirements for their products. This was the first year that they've ever really invited anybody from the healthcare side. So they've been essentially developing these, uh, these devices and uh, their security requirements based off of their own needs uh, and what they see the market as uh, and what they see the threat landscape as. This was the first opportunity that we've been able to bring that healthcare hospital perspective to that conversation. And it was met with with really great success, um, both from the supplier side as well as uh, as feedback that Mark and I had together. So it's really developing that opportunity to share that need uh, and then work with those suppliers to really make sure that they're putting those requirements in place, now we've got, uh, you know, we can establish a new baseline with them based off of those requirements to ensure that they're meeting, uh, meeting what our, our expectations are and what our members' expectations are uh, around the security of those products.
0: So, you know, clearly your role seems critical and is critical to our organization and our future. And to our members, and as technology continues to advance, it will become even more important, which I don't think we're slowing down anytime soon with our technology. If you were to look out five years from now, what does success look like for your role?
1: So, for me, five years of success, um, you know, really looking at it holistically, seeing the other GPOs take this as a focus. And apply this same type of role in their organization. I think is a huge testament uh, to the importance and need for uh, for product security. Uh, also, seeing our suppliers develop more product. Security specific roles counterparts to uh, to what we've built here or what we are building here at Health Trust, so that we've got alignment between resources, roles, opportunities, needs, and we've got uh, single points of contact with each of these organizations that we can leverage. Uh, likewise, having having somebody at the membership, uh, not just a, a security resource, but someone that's more focused around the the product space, so that we can share this, this these messages with this any communication that we have any feedback that we have be able to give them that direct feedback that they might need I think would be uh, would be ideal so if we've got that all established in five years I would consider all of this a huge success.
0: So Matthew you know we're we're both unfortunately although we're you know you're the chief product officer um, and I'm VP of clinical solutions you know we're also at Tom's patients and when I think of just our normal citizens in the United States walking around, we all are starting to invest more and more into products and technology that we use for healthcare. I know my grandfather uses several devices that connect, connect um, to his physician's office to measure his O2 SAS and that type of thing so he can be at home. And it's been a wonderful thing to be able to keep him at home, but for his physician's office to be able to watch him closely. I wear an Apple watch um, that measures my heart rate and lets me know when I need to go exercise, whether I listen to it or not. You know, there's a lot of data that is being shared constantly and and those are just the small things. I'm not even talking about pacemakers or implants, uh, um, uh, you know, hip implants, that type of thing. But as you think about your, your um, normal person walking around, you know, what are the things? Are there things that they should be thinking about before they go and invest in a product and start sharing their personal information?
1: No, it's it's a great question, Crystal. And having been a, a patient myself at uh, many of our hospitals, in, including the UK, uh, I think the best approach from a patient perspective is is be curious, right? Ask questions. Uh, if you're in the hospitals, if you're being connected to a device, don't be afraid to ask questions of the clinical teams. Uh, they're they are more more versed in it and can help answer any questions that you've got. Um, as a just as a member of uh, the general public, right? With all of my connected technologies now, uh, it it's amazing to see what sort of data we can capture uh, out of our Fitbits or, or Apple watches. I, I read in the or, or listened to a news article this morning related to Fitbit, and they are being uh, asked to uh, to help develop some early onset COVID uh, diagnosis capabilities. So, by monitoring uh, heart rate and your breathing and resting heart rate, you know are there indicators that someone may be, uh, you know, may have COVID or or capturing the symptoms of COVID long before uh, before it gets reported through tests. So. You know, with all of this connected uh, capabilities, I think, one, it's great that we've got it. Um, two, we've got to be very cautious about where that's going. Uh, so when we have our, our Apple Watches, when we have our Fitbits, when we have our home health systems, we've got to be very diligent to make sure that, you know, it's not sharing information uh, inadvertently with the with groups that we wouldn't want to see that, um, there are there are always nefarious activities that somebody could capture that data and do something with. Uh, just ensuring that we're you know we're not leaving those devices laying around, we're not sharing it with uh, individuals that that shouldn't see it or shouldn't have it, uh, and also back to that curiosity piece, you know. Question these providers. Question these manufacturers of, uh, you know, of the Fitbits. Where is my data going? Read through uh, as as terse as they can be. Uh, read through some of the um, the acceptable use policies. Uh, understand who may have access to that data. And if you're not quite comfortable with it, uh, reach out to those providers. Make that make that statement known, uh, so that they those providers can then uh, understand that it's a concern and work to uh, to implement the uh, the appropriate controls.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Absolutely great advice. You know, as a nurse, you know, always if there's information that people can attain from me that will help future generations, I am absolutely love to sign up for any type of research that I can help our future generations with. However, as my grandpa always used to say, no good deed goes unpunished. So being curious and asking good questions to also protect ourselves is just great advice and advice that we should really... um, ensure that we're reading all of those user acceptance policies, especially with all the new technology that's coming out and will continue to come out. You know, I'm really interested in this role. I'm so excited that Health Trust has invested in it and your background, is really interesting. You know, this is an area where I guess there's no one that has had this role for 30 years. <laughs> that that you're really creating all of it brand new um, as you're walking through this process with Health Trust, and we're so excited to be a part of it. And want to support you in any way we can. Was there any questions that I didn't ask that you think our audience would like to hear about?
1: You know, I think it's a it's a it's a great you know question, and I. I at this point in time i don't know what i don't know being new right i mean there's nothing uh, more challenging than trying to build a program with like you mentioned there's no one to really go to with guidance on how to build this it's it's all very brand new and we're doing this under pandemic and you know isolation so it's uh, it's really forcing us to to try new avenues and new ways to to get this message out and you know i certainly appreciate the opportunity to to speak in the podcast and get this out to uh to uh to the, to the listeners, I really need some feedback as well. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is how to if you've got questions if you if you want to know more uh, would love to hear from anyone on what their needs are and, and how we can we can help build this role to, to service that need. so uh, would certainly I think that's the biggest thing is help me understand in, in those areas where where this this type of you know capability is needed where product security is needed in your space just so that we can uh, we can get it aligned and, and focused on.
0: Well, we are obviously in good hands and welcome to the team. We're excited to have you to, um, as part of our team and, and one of our colleagues. Let us know how we can help you. Yep, Thank absolutely. you so much, Matthew, for the Thank time. You.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Health Trust's Candid Conversations podcast. Please visit education.healthtrustpg.com to find additional resources for clinicians and to listen to more of our Candid Conversations.